Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 58 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we're going to talk about the rise of premium VOD. But first, mm-hmm. Alex, what are you drinking? Uh, today, I am drinking, I'm back on the cans. With the Ooh. Modelo Especial. Oh, ole, ole, ole. Yes, no, that's a, no, Modelo Negro is the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, yes. And I'm, I'm rocking the Miller Lite. Still got some Miller Lights left. I swear I'm going to go to Golden Road soon and get that... Uh, Get my growlers filled, and then I'll have a special kind of beer in a in a nice stein one of these days when Ooh, I have time. In a stein, I like it. In a stein, I mean, I'm not going to do a stupid glass. I got I got some German steins over here that okay. I can fill up. All right, yeah, for the visual people on this podcast, but uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. All right, so what's, uh, so what's new? What's, what's, new? what's uh, new? Go ahead. What what is new? Well, we got some new cameras. For this podcast and which, for other things. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really matter to the people who don't watch this podcast, but instead just listen to it. Yeah. But as you can tell, Trevor looks but, a lot better. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is a hard thing to do. Um, I but I guess it will help the podcast people because there'll be no time like last time when I mistakenly uh, sent my audio through the webcam I was using rather than my microphone. <laughs> so it sounded like ass, I'm sure. Um, it did. It did. But that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My apologies, guys. There's just there's gonna be some of those days. It's 2020. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you can't expect any less. <laughs> and you can't expect any less from us either. Yeah. Because uh, that's just see, it seems to be how we roll. But uh, so yes, we what did we get, Alex? What cameras did we get? Uh, these are the Sony ZV ones. They're little point and shoot nice. cameras. Uh, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of like made for vlogging, which I guess this is, right? I guess, yeah. I guess so, yeah. If we're recording it, and why not? It's a vlog. Um, Nailed it. But they're pretty cool. I mean, I've never had a camera that has such good, like, autofocus stuff. I mean, like, the the product showcase mode is pretty crazy. Um, And the eye, the phase tracking, eye tracking, all that kind of stuff is, uh, is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I would... I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Um, one thing, though, I would say is if you are going to go and use this like we are, which is like a live kind of webcam, uh, cast it out live, uh, the ZV, Sony really touts the webcam capabilities of this, that you can hook it up to USB. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that the, the, the resolution is not that great. So get yourself a little, uh, little uh, HDMI to USB dwingle. Yeah, the dwingles. And send the at. HDMI. Twingles where it's at. Send it out to your computer in beautiful HD. Um, that's how we're doing it. With well, these the other bad thing about it, though, that was strange with the whole webcam thing. I mean, you you, you download the software, but you weren't able to get mm-hmm. it work get it to work in like a a web page like Google Chrome, like Hangout session type of deal because it would yeah. just show like the logo. Yeah, really I weird. couldn't do it in. So we to do this video, the video aspect of this, we use VMix. And Alex hosts the VMix because he's got all the cool buttons and gadgets and transitions and all that stuff. Um, but ah. <laughs> dream sequence, dream sequence, dream sequence. Uh, but that means that I connect to the VMix call through Chrome or any other web browser and then just turn on my camera 
didn't work very well with the webcam capabilities of the Sony ZV-1. So I got the Dwingle. Works like a charm. We fussed with it a little bit. Got a good picture. Happy with it. Happy with the camera. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, and, I mean, we haven't used it for this yet, but we're going to hopefully start doing some more videos with it on the YouTube mm -hmm. channel and for the website and stuff like that. Aside from just, just podcast filming. Yeah, it just makes it so much easier. Um, Uh-oh, baby down. Nope, baby gate down. Baby oh, gate down. Okay, okay. All good. You're all good. <laughs> <laughs> the wife comes out, and she's more concerned that the podcast did rather than our kid is dead. Yeah. Um, but, she uh, tiptoes over the dead body. Thumbs up, Jen. Is the kid still alive? Thumbs up. Kid's still alive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jackpot. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, man. You know what? This just this podcast just keeps giving surprises to people. Actually, Parenthood keeps giving surprises. I can only imagine what's going to happen when Alex has his kid. Uh, the noises that will be coming. These listeners Mostly are from his like, wife. They're going to start thinking that we're, we've made up the fact that I am going to have a kid because it's just it's we talk about it every week and it just never happens. I know. I know, I know, I know. But it's going to happen any second now, right? Before they know it, the next podcast is going to say, what's new? It's going to be three weeks delayed. And it's going to be, what's yeah. new? Alex has a kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's just going to be me sleeping so, on camera. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the party, pal. Just a live stream. Uh, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we're going to be doing some more filming, um, maybe some product reviews. It, it's, it's a nice compact camera. Um, I'm not a big fan of fixed lens cameras. Um, you know, uh, Alex for a while was using the GH five S, um, that's, you know, interchangeable lenses and all this, that, but this just makes it so much easier to point and shoot and go out and shoot something real quick rather than, you know, having to set up the GH five S, even though it is the same kind of form factor, it still is like, got to get your lens, got to do all this. Uh, this, these are easy. These are easy. And they, we bought it with the little, grip slash stand. So I think we're going to be putting out some more video content for those who are so in, inclined to view it and see yeah. my fat ass walking around and tripping and falling. <laughs> the reason I liked it was because they, I mean, like you said, the form factor, the compactness of it. And, you know, I usually don't want, I mean, if we're shooting a video, like a, a cinematic video, I don't want a fixed lens probably. Um, yeah. But for stuff like this, it's totally... I mean, the ideal way to do it, I would say, because you never have to, like, you know, bring extra stuff, um, have, yep. like, a bag full of accessories that you're toting around, and, like, it has the yeah. in-camera stabilization, um, mm -hmm. the autofocus. Kind of it has a pretty came with good a nice mic. little windscreen. Yeah. Yeah. Came with a little windscreen for the mic. Uh, the... the um, the, the screen flips out, so if you are doing a little selfie mode, you can see yourself, frame yourself pretty well. Um, so it's pretty nice. I, I'm a big fan of it. Um, and yeah. I would recommend it for people who want to do kind of vlogging stuff and all that. Cool. All right. So on to... <laughs> cool. Board next. Board. Moving on. Now, <laughs> to, the, to the part of the podcast everyone waits for every week. They're so excited about this. Yes. Oh, it's man. hard to oh, uh, man. contain... Then I get it. Um, yeah. Here we go. Where Alex and Trevor just have bullshit answers to random questions. Yeah, random questions from a deck okay. that I'm shuffling okay. right now. We have wow. not seen these questions in case you're Wait, wondering you if we're cheating. These? Wait, why do you have these cards? What? For this particular reason. Is this like a party reason. game? Really? Yes. You ready? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. 
the production value and the money oh. we put into this podcast. Okay, here we go. This is a good one. You ready? Okay. Not really, but go ahead. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Oh, Jesus, where is my smartphone? I don't even know where my phone is. Um, I would definitely keep... Well, so, here's a question. Chrome, is that, a, is that considered an app? Like, I would say yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chrome, Hangouts. Yeah, yeah. And probably the, uh, Google Messages, just so I can talk to people. Um, yeah, so it'd be all Chrome, the functions all of like news. a normal phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, all the, yeah. That's, that's a really dumb question. I keep everything that I can use to communicate with people, and then I do the rest on a computer. Okay, let's pretend. So why, why, did you, why, did you, wait, why doesn't it just say, if you had to f- switch from a smartphone to a flip phone, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, you're right. Like I a mean, phone? Because those would be mine, too. So let's say that yeah. all the communication apps are still in there. Okay, now we're changing things in. Yeah, so it's just like um, all the, the I, junk that you download. You know, uh, okay. That's not necessary. Uh, in, this, in this political landscape, I do a lot of Twitter because I want to keep up to date on oh, wow. all the BS in this country. I didn't know you were a tweaker. I don't. Or a tweeter, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Twitterer. Twitterer. I like to Twitter little things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't post much, but I do I do, do that. So Twitter... Um, let's see, you're like a lurker. You're like a Twitter lurker. You don't participate. Yeah. You just lurk around. Yeah. I lurk around. You know what I've been using a lot more that I really like? Uh, Samsung Pay. Because I don't need to bring uh, my wallet with me to pay anywhere. Uh, I can just pay with my phone. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, and then, I've thought about that. Is it pretty Is it pretty widely accepted? It's pretty... So, the, you, you and I both have Samsung. So, before... I mean... It's pretty wildly acceptable because now even my debit card is a tap. You don't even have to put it in the slot. You just tap it on the screen. But even old school, if it's just a card slider, uh, Samsung Pay will work. It will. Hmm. It mimics the magnetic stripe. So if you go into like some old school place and like oh in in the slot, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and it you know just keeps getting slimmer and slimmer. Uh, No, you just put the phone back of the phone up to the the little card skimmer and it it registers. So it's pretty good. So I'd bring it. Okay. So it'd be, yeah, it's great. I think Twitter, I know. I think Samsung bought the company that like developed the technology to mimic the magnetic swipe Hmm. a while ago. And so, uh, yeah, I use that over Google pay because I can use it anywhere. Uh, so I got that. Nice. I got, uh, like Ralph's Ralph's doesn't take the, the tap card. Uh, so I just do the Samsung pay and blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. So Samsung pay, Twitter and hmm, I'm trying to think what's on my home screen that I constantly, constantly go to uh, that I couldn't do. I probably probably uh, Pocket Casts because I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially when I'm driving. Yeah. Um, you know all the stuff like eBay that I have on there and offer up can all be done on the computer, and so it's not necessary. But like so, Pocket Casts, Samsung Pay, and Twitter would probably be my three. What about gotcha. you? Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's those are pretty good. Um, I think Pocket Cast would probably be on mine as well, just for the uh, the podcast listening. And okay. Um, okay. I I find myself scrolling through Google News a lot lately. Just, <sighs> That's a good one. Me too. Just to get you know updates on things, and they know me so well. They send me a lot of tech stuff, which is interesting, and a lot of movie related news and stuff, which is interesting. Same me. So I, I yep. Uh, skim through that. Little tidbit: you know that if you just open Chrome. 
you'll get a lot of the same Google News right in Chrome. So if you wanted to get a third app, you could get rid of Google News and that's just use true. Chrome's that's home true. screen. That's true. That's but true. I do use Google News a lot. Yeah, yeah that's I a good do. one. I, I forgot like about that one. one. Yeah. Um, yep. Let's see. Pocket Cast, Google News. And then I guess, man, I, sh I, I almost have to like Final. look at my phone to see what I I know. Use. I was going to look at my phone. What I use. But I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Let me look. Let me pull it out. Oh, man, oh, you're cheating. Here. You're cheating. Oh, Obviously, it's not that important if you can't remember. I know. Oh, so I have um, Trevor and I both use this app. It's kind of like Evernote, but it's called NoteJoy. Yeah. And we use that to outline all of our podcasts, but also all sorts of stuff within um, Filmmaking Central and our all that. Businesses. So yeah. now I have That's that app one. on my phone, so I use it. And I end up using it a lot for lists of like grocery things. Or even like, um, oh, that's good. Like writing down um, uh, who got us certain gifts, so that we can for for the baby, so that we can write thank you notes and all that kind of stuff. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, good call. Good call. I tend to use a lot of like handwriting in the in the Samsung Note with that. Just a little handwrite, little jot 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 jot. Yeah, I used to use that a lot, but I don't use it as much anymore, and I don't really know why. Okay, but no. Hmm. Oh. That's fair. All right. Well, that's the podcast because we spent 30 minutes talking about yep, apps on the phone that have nothing to do with filmmaking. I guess we'll talk but, about uh, this topic next time because we <laughs> yeah. spent so much time talking that. about apps. Podcast. All done. All right. I'm going to yeah. go drink. Um, We're going to make right, a so new podcast today. called Bottomless yeah. Apps. Uh, TJ Fridays. <laughs> and it's going to be just sponsored by Applebee's. eating mozzarella Applebee's sticks the one and sponsoring. talking about apps. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh my God! Don't now you really did it. Oh my God, that sounds so good right now. I know. Mozzarella sticks, I know. nice cold beer. Yep, I'm in. I'm in. All about uh, it. We we actually do the podcast okay. from a TGI Fridays. That'd be great. Do they yeah. exist anymore? Or do they go bankrupt? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's been so long since I, I stepped foot into a restaurant that I have no idea what even exists anymore. Soup Plantation. You know, there's so many. Oh man, Soup Plantation was fantastic. Um. All right, Pete. Uh, you know, there's like so many restaurants that like in Minnesota I would go to that I don't even know where one is out here. Applebee's? I don't know where there's an Applebee's out here. Oh man, I know they exist out here. I know, but they're not they're not as frequent as they are in Minnesota. Red Lobster. I know. Um, there's way more BJ's like than Applebee's out here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more BJ's at Applebee's out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a different vibe. <laughs> Different vibe. Different vibe. It's definitely an adult <laughs> setting at the Applebee's out in uh, California. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I actually never knew of BJ's before I came out to LA. There's so. a Red Lobster, though, right down the street from me. No. Did my camera just turn off? Oh, camera turned off. This is what happens when Trevor Man. tries to uh, be fancy with his, with his no screen. I don't know, but it's turning off. I mean, what does it turn off for? Did the battery die already? Well, that's weird. Hold on. We're going to keep going. We'll just keep going. I guess I need to... You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to keep this in. We're going to keep all oh, of Trevor's technical issues will always be kept in this podcast. I love how I become the tech guy and all my... All, I'm the one who always has problems with the tech issues. That battery went fast. Are you hooked up with the battery? <laughs> I thought you were going to plug it in. Yeah, no. All right, that should be back now. Should be rocking and rolling. Wait, are you are you plugged in or are you uh, are you uh, I'm plugged battered? in. Oh, well, that makes sense. 
Yeah. All right, back at it, baby. What up? Oh, edit that out. That was so seamless. What a per- I know, as I'm just talking with the mic away from me and nobody can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> God, we are expert podcasters, I must say. I know. Expert podcasters. Yeah, we should offer this um, as a service for people. Where we, <laughs> <laughs> we bring cameras with only batteries and then we also bring infants yep. in the background. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you just hearing him the whole time? No. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I can. Okay, I only good. have this one little deal in. Yeah. So I can barely hear yeah. you. And that's the way I prefer it. <laughs> this is how great business partnerships work, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably talk about the, the, the topic at hand after that's we right, talk about topic, Applebee's, the topic BJ's, that we are meant to talk uh, about today. <laughs> restaurants. We are talking Fun about... really going to have us have our ass for this episode. I know. I know. They're, they're going to hate Damn this Damn you, Funbot. Funbot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Fine. So we're talking about okay. the rise of premium VOD. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> we're not it. talking... I forgot. So, I think so. I don't know. We talked about this like six hours ago. I don't know. It's been so long. Um, uh, so... We're talking specifically about movies rather than services. You know, every service is coming out with, uh, you know, NBC has one, Paramount Plus. I mean, there's so many services out there. But we're talking more specifically, especially in the era of COVID, this blockbuster that has gone directly to... The, uh, has bypassed theaters because they really can't get into theaters. And instead of yep. waiting around for theaters to reopen, they have gone to just the, you know, premium VOD. Premium um, VOD. And so, so remind me of this, Alex. I don't mm-hmm. know. So this kind of st- gained traction, at least from what I understand, with Trolls World Tour. Uh, the sequel yeah. to Trolls. Um, now, did they, did they release that VOD because... Of COVID, or was it before? It was because of COVID, I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay, okay. Um, then, then, then that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. And But th- I'm not sure what the price point was on that, if it was technically considered, like, premium VOD because they charged more, or if it was just, you know, a VOD release that they decided to do um, in lieu of a well, theatrical. Let me check it out. Let me check it out. So let's see. It says I don't. I don't care. Deadline about your ads. Uh, I mean, what do we consider PVOD? Like twenty plus? That's what I was thinking. But yeah, yeah. So it's it was it would be considered. It was nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Um, and then uh, and so that kind of made in its first. Um, Although technically, First, Trevor, that's one cent lower than twenty. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that made ninety-five million in rental fees in the first nineteen days. So that was yeah. kind of what was people were like, "Oh!" And that actually led to a lot of uh, studios being like, "Hey, we're going to try and shorten the window that um, movies have to be in theaters before we can release them." Uh, right. and backlash and all that. Um, but it, I think Gotten Universal was able to convince places. Yeah. 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 And to Universal came out on top because they AMC. did change the window that theatrical had to be yeah. and shortened it. Um, yeah. So and that then, was kind of like the big thing. That was that was the kind of start of it. And then came Mulan, which you mentioned yeah. uh, on this podcast in a different episode where they had the idea of charging 30 bucks 
for mm-hmm. Mulan um, in lieu of a theatrical. And people that had Disney Plus would then, you know, keep it in their Disney Plus account as if they purchased it, you know, for as long as Which they Which I don't Plus. think, and I don't think Trolls World Tour allowed it. It was like a two to three day rental and then it was gone. Yeah. Um, so this Disney Plus, yeah, with Mulan, you got to keep it. Um, you got to keep and, it, assuming you're paying for, for Disney Plus, which yeah. is an interesting sort of way to... to uh, keep people playing from Disney Plus. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of a gift that keeps Which I can on see. giving for Disney, I suppose. And what we talked about before, too, was Trevor made a bet that it would be profitable. And yeah. Then came the controversy of shooting in China and yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. And guess what? Trevor was right. It made $70 million profit. Profit so, already? Profit already. It was a $200 million budget, and it has made $270 million in direct-to-consumer revenue. Nice. Um, Worldwide, I'm assuming. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I would say yes, but I don't know where Disney Plus is. Like, I, I don't know if Disney Plus has been released in all countries yet. I mean, That's obviously true. China. That's true. Um, so I don't know where Disney Plus is available. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of people are gonna start going to this. Um, because, and this is my thinking, is, okay, so if the box office comes back 270 on a $200 million budget in the, yeah. the very um, traditional sense, um, that is um, that is not, you know, you can't say it's a $70 million profit because the $70 million is split between advertising, box office, you know, uh, theaters, all that. So your profit margin is not as great as it is here, which is $70 million that went right to Disney's pocket. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Less probably, you know, processing fees or something. True. True. But, but at yeah, the same time, crazy. Um, and at the same time, I would say the one thing that might, people might not like about this, at least companies or studios is that, you know, you had the, uh, you had the, um, theatrical. So say, let's just, let's just make the numbers easy. They made 270 million on $200 million budget movie theatrical. So let's just say they made $30 million profit. Cool. Like just to make the numbers easy or yeah. Cool. (laughs) But then you also have your, your after, theatrical where it's rentals yeah dvd purchases Mm -hmm. and all that so now this pvod takes that out so they may be making less money even though they're making more money on the quote-unquote box office at home they're not making that rental anymore because it's the same thing they're not maybe people buy the dvds i don't know yeah i mean probably but also especially in like um areas where VOD and stuff like that streaming isn't as popular, but yet, but, um, also what are they doing in terms of like, how long are they doing this $30 deal? Is it just forever or is it at some point going to be folded into Disney plus, or are they going to make it like a rental yeah. type thing? Nope. Or what? It's uh, so I'm reading that it is, uh, uh, the thirty dollars is unlock it early, and then after a couple of months, it's going to become available to all subscribers. So if you sit back and wait, it's just part of your yeah. um, subscription. Um, so and it's, it's crazy that they made um, that much when people could just yeah. wait. 
for two months and it, just get in. But see, and that, yeah, especially when, like, that was always the thing of theatrical. It's like, why would you pay for theatrical if you could just wait and get it on DVD? It's like, well, because you go to the theater, yeah, you know, it's all experience. big and, like, different experience and all that. But it's like, now it's like, how many people are hard up? Maybe, and maybe this won't work when people aren't stuck at home as much. Yeah. Maybe people would be fine waiting for the, uh, just to be folded into their subscription if, in fact, uh, they had things to do during the day. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then comes the news recently, and I don't know how true or accurate any of this is, but I just saw today that Wonder Woman uh, has announced that they're going to skip theatrical and go straight to a premium Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. There's not any news yet, as far as I could tell, in terms of how they're going to do it, what the price point's going to be, where they're going to do it, and all that kind of stuff. But it, mm -hmm. it is, I don't know, just interesting that it seems like these studios are willing to give it a shot with these tentpole-type movies. Um, and it does beg the question, will it work for non-tentpole movies? Yeah, I guess the question is, is that... And the other question is, like, are they just doing that because it's a sign of the times? Like, are they, like... Like, yeah, they're doing it because they have no other option. Um, or they could just wait, um, you know, wait until theaters hopefully reopen. Um, but it is a question, right? Because, like like you said, uh, Mulan, $70 million yeah. profit. In order to get that same return at the theaters, they'd have to make somewhere in the ballpark of $140 million profit, yeah. right? Like, or gross. True. True. Um, so, I don't know. I, I am curious to see, you know, more people, more movies do it and see if it actually proves to be more profitable than theaters. And maybe it'll be the, the scenario where theaters, when that, when that comes back, are kind of like an icing on the cake. Because, and maybe the window will shift to theaters being like a second run um, yeah. option, you know? It's, it's tough because, um, you know, uh, like looking at like this 1984, Mulan, things like that, it's tough to say what is going to um, be the norm when theaters open up again. Because, like, and not only that, but it, they keep pushing back. So, like, I'm, I was just looking at uh, today that Jurassic World the newest Jurassic world is going to be pushed to 2022. Um, yeah. All these movies being pushed to 2022. At what point do you just say, we got to make money on this. So release it to PVOD. Like, like, yeah, if, if shit can't open again by 2022, we are screwed as a world. Like <laughs> if they, if you can't like have half the people in the audience stay away from each other and safely open, then everything's fucked. And what does it matter? Movies are the least on everyone's concerned because <laughs> the global economy is going to shut down and, and we're all going to be dead anyway. But, yeah. um, uh, surprise. Uh, but like, at what point does somebody like, like Jurassic world, June, 2022, is it like, well, guess what? We just got to release a POVOD because we got to make money on this at some point. We spent so much money on it. Um, there so is, I mean, it does make me wonder what, what's holding some of these movies back, you know, like James Bond announced that they were delaying mm -hmm. Jurassic. I, it, it's like Tenet went into theaters and I think that was yeah. not successful technically. Well, I think worldwide it's made $300 million to date. Yeah, has it? Okay. But so it still has like bad. 100 or 200 
to go. I think a hundred million it has to make to make back its 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 uh yeah its budget its, uh, its budget, which isn't great. Um, yeah. So it's, so and it's questionable. And then the because and the other question is, what are the our th- theaters going to die altogether? AMC is barely hanging on because they took the Chinese company that bought AMC took so much debt to buy yeah. it that they're like they're struggling to, to, to you know keep their buildings um regal and city world are closing temporarily they opened for a little bit but now they're they're closing temporarily if that's yeah. going to be temporary who knows um it's a tough tough way to go if this pvod is going to be the future um it may not they may not have a choice that it's the future because that may be the only way they can get the movies out yeah it is going to be pretty tough and i know that uh drive-ins were kind of making a comeback but i don't honestly yep. see that sticking around like i it's always been around a but i don't see yeah. it being like a primary way to view movies anytime soon i also think it's also the problem of like how much is a car to go to to a drive-in i haven't been driving forever you know i went to one but it was not your typical drive-in uh and they, yeah. usually they charge per car but this one charged per person um, See, so. I think that's the way they're going to have to go because if you're, if you're charging ten, like twenty dollars per car, like you're not yeah. going to make enough. You got four people in there. Like that's one reason that people <laughs> like the PVOD and they're willing to pay twenty to thirty dollars is because one, their whole family can watch it, and two, their whole family can watch it multiple times over the course of a couple of days if it's a rental. Yeah, um, and not only that, with the the drive-ins, this one that I went to, I thought was pretty smart. Um, because one of the big issues with drive-ins is you have to wait till it's dark. But this one you didn't because they basically used a big double-sided jumbotron to play the movie. So it was, you know, the afternoon when I went, and it was totally fine. Mm. You could definitely see the movie, um, and it was good. I mean, it's fun. It's an experience. But again, like I don't know if I'd want to yeah. do that every time I go see a movie. Yeah. And I guess what a lot of people don't really take into consideration is if moving forward, PVOD is like a big, and and you know what, this will actually get into what we're talking about. What does it mean for an indie filmmaker? PVOD, because they don't have that theatrical anymore where they're still going to make money and then get their rentals. If it's just rental or purchase right from the get go, you're going to see the drive for lower budget things because they don't want to spend like $400 million on a tenant. If they, there's like barely any guarantee, they're going to even scratch the surface of getting their money back. Um, you're not going to see the big temple movies. Maybe, I mean, maybe, I don't know if anyone has, has paid attention to the news, but they are, uh, ending the paramount, uh, law, which is basically studios can't own their own theaters. Um, so maybe that's what, yeah. So maybe that's what happens is that, the movies that do go to theaters are in theaters that are owned by Amazon studios or Disney. And then that's where all your Marvel movies are, the bigger name ones. And, and then the, the ones that are under a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollar budget, they just send them to PVOD because they know, but again, but it also, it's like, I don't know. it's like, are, is there enough, you know, is Amazon is Netflix, all these, like whoever else wants to buy one, are they putting out enough content to, uh, justify paying like enormous real estate costs and like personnel to man these theaters if they're not putting out you know 20 movies every month or whatever or are they just going to show old movies and, and all that 
that's tough. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, Amazon will do it just because Jeff Bezos wants to own everything. Uh, he doesn't care if it's a loss leader because he, again, I, I swear, Amazon's going to be the remaining one because they, they make all their money from, from products. They don't make their money from movies, so they don't care about, like, they can they can cover That's their true. asses if a movie bombs. And also, um, uh, you know, in the next maybe five, ten years, it's not going to be called the Paramount Law anymore. It's going to be called the Amazon Law, and they're going to reinstate it oh, because Jeff Bezos owns yeah. everything. Everything. And but yes. I mean, are they going to reinstate it when Jeff Bezos owns the government? Like, they're probably not going to reinstate it. Jeff Bezos, yeah, he probably President do Bezos that to will be like, "That'd be crazy." No, no, yeah, President Bezos will be like, "Ah, it's for everyone except Amazon." Yeah, it's the anti-Amazon law. The anti- <laughs> um, everybody but Amazon law. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it'll be very interesting to see P, where PVOD goes in the future because it's dependent on a lot of things. Do movie theaters stay open? Yeah. Um, if they do, what do they look like? Um, if they don't, uh, if they do, what what kind of movies are they going to put in there? Yeah. And then uh, if they don't, how much, I mean, it's, if everyone didn't listen to the bullshit that Hollywood puts out, like how the revenue is up, and they look into it and see that the number of people going to movies is down, and they're yeah. just raising prices. Yeah. Like how much is PVOD going to be? Is it now that may actually be what saves Hollywood because you spend 30, like if we go to a movie here in LA, we're spending 30 plus 30 plus dollars on the tickets alone. And then you got to get some snackums. You got to get some drinkies. Yeah. Yeah. And then now we're, we have kids and we're going to go to a movie and that's like right there, you know, yeah. like, 40, 45 to 50 bucks just on the tickets and the kid won't shut up until he gets his chicken tenders. Plus, um, plus and so in LA, unlike other places, they make it especially fun because you have to pay for parking a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so is it going to be where a lot of people are like, you know what, I'll just stay home, which is kind of what the Netflix thing was. But now that the bigger movies are going to be at home immediately, um, then uh, you don't have to pay for, you know, exorbitant amount of money for, for concessions and stuff like that, which is where a lot of theaters said they made their money. Um, the, it's so weird to me, I, I guess. Oh my God. I just had, it's hard for, I just had a thought. Oh no, what is gonna it? Start, Amazon should start like a, a box, uh, a subscription box program for like movie concessions oh God, to movie, be shipped straight to your, yeah. your home every month mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, there you go. Yeah. That's one for you. Go ahead, take it. Just give me credit. <laughs> yep, give 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 him credit. That's the least you could do, Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> my other thinking is like, I it's it's hard for me to put my mind into a person who's not obsessed with film like we are, like who yep. wants to make it their career, like, like. I think okay. I, I, I talk to my dad about it all the time. So my dad used to own a movie theater. Now my dad goes to a movie theater in uh, like the suburbs of, of Minneapolis that has one screen and they have a senior citizen discount and they have like, uh, he went, I went there with him and saw True Grit. Um, they go see a lot of movies there because it's cheap um, and it's just, they'll just go, like they, they, my parents will just go because it's something to do and it's cheap. Um, they're not like the thing where they're, they, they, my dad doesn't care about seeing like Jurassic world dominion in theaters. Yeah. Um, nor would he see care about seeing like the, 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 uh, the newest, uh, James Bond in theaters. Now, yeah. if it's in the theater and they have nothing to do, they'll go check it out. But 
to me, it's very hard to put myself in the mind of somebody who can't wait to see a movie until it comes out on, on, uh, on DVD or on Netflix or on, yeah. you know, that's true. That's true. I mean, subs- my sister as well has three kids. So it's family of five mm-hmm. and they go oh. to the dollar theater, you know, because like it would be yeah. so expensive to get the snacks, pay for the tickets, do all that stuff. When you could just like see it a couple months later for a dollar or however much it actually costs. Um, and it's, you know, still kind of a new movie or whatever, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people can wait and are happy to, um, so what's funny is that it's going to be like, it's like now that we have kids and I, I know your sister homeschools her kids, but they still go to like meetups with other kids. So they still have like, you know, school friends this idea of like the kids wanting to see the movie when it comes out so they can talk to their friends about it and being like, what do we have to wait? Like Jimmy down the street just saw it on opening day and his parents can afford that. And it's like, yes, we can afford that. But guess what? I also want to, you know, buy a nice bottle of whiskey for myself. I don't want to get to spend $75 on a movie. You know what Um, would actually be really interesting? Parent of the year right here. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be really interesting. I (laughs) I want whiskey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because talking about that, like, that was something I enjoyed about when we went to work, when we went to the studio at Larry, like we would always talk about with all our friends and fellow filmmakers that work mm-hmm. there, the cool shows that are out. Like, you know, when True Detective came out, season one and everyone was yeah. stoked about it, we would talk about the episodes as soon as they, they aired and all that kind of stuff. Except for uh, except for certain people that would come in and say, no spoilers are going yeah, in the other room. Don't spoil it, don't spoil it. And they would run and we'd throw you know who you are, Matt Dubler. Dumb milkshakes on their yeah. head, like, and be total bullies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we know you know who you are, Matt Dubler. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if there would be like a tactic, right, for these movies to sh- to shoot yeah. to shoot like a trilogy all at once and release okay release them premium VOD like mm-hmm. a couple weeks apart. So then there is that sort of like water cooler effect where it's like, oh, did you see that movie? That's crazy. I hear the second one's yeah. coming out in a couple of weeks. I can't wait for it. And then you have to go buy that one and talk to their friends about it. And then there's a third one or whatever. You know, it's like it's the yeah, same yeah, kind yeah. of like water cooler series concept. But now it's like um, a premium VOD movie. I I could only see that working with the second and the third. I think studios are too scared about the first to see if it'll hit before. Like there's been so many franchises that have fizzled um, because the first one didn't do good. I could see that happening with two and three, Um, you know, just like they, they shoot the first one and then they shoot two and three. Well, um, but if you think about it, series these days are like movies in the production value um, and even in the length. It's, you know, it's like they're very close to feature films. A lot of them, because they're straight 60 yeah. instead of like the 45 for an hour block on TV or whatever. So like, True. yeah. so it would be very similar, I think. And even like, uh, did you, did you see the Comey rule? Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm working through the boys season two. Yeah. So the Comey rule was two movies, basically. It was a, it's yeah. like a limited series and each, each episode there was two episodes and each one was like, um, an hour and a half. A little over an hour and a half. I guess. So it's, I guess. It's yeah, you're right. Like you're that. right. Um, it's a good point. But I do wonder, I don't know, a way to sort of get people excited about spending that that money uh, for a premium VOD scenario. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, what would you think of the idea of like, so we have showtimes in theaters now. Mm-hmm. What would you think of the thing of like, so as, and you know, I hate this. I mean, this falls in line with the fact that you're streaming anyway. Uh, the idea that like you have like stream, like say we release an app, gilded, uh, gilded, gilded theater. Yeah. Right. And they go on gilded the app cinema? at seven p. <laughs> oh my god! It all makes sense now. Uh, they go on the app at seven thirty, right? Yeah. For a movie that starts streaming at seven forty-five. Yes. And it's it, it streams live almost, so it is like a. Yeah. Like a like a viewing. You're in the theater because it has a time and it streams live, and you can't, you're not downloading it. I could, as I'm saying it, I could see a couple problems a couple with that problems simply with because it. people. Yeah, people like to watch movies on their own time when they're at home. Yes. And also, if your internet goes down in the way, what the hell do you do? Yes. But Um, also, um, uh, what's the point? Other than, like, unless there was an added element, which I think there, like, was it Netflix? The on-demand viewing, yeah. That was doing it where you get to, like, chat live with people as it's playing. Yeah, and actually, Plex does that, too. I could watch a movie with you you if you don't have it on Plex, and I could talk to you about it and blah, 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 and pause and people could pause it and all that. Yeah. And so I feel I like that's, that. uh, yeah. that's the vibe. Right. But like at the same time, I don't, I wouldn't understand the point. I, the only way I would, True. the only way I would see it is like, um, like a premiere, you know, like you can pay yeah. to see mm-hmm. it stream live one, like the day, like ahead of everyone else. And it's like, gotcha, just yeah. a one time sort of event. Or whatever, or maybe it's like a multiple time. Like, maybe, maybe for like the first week, you can like sort of reserve your time and do it that way and see it before anyone else can. And it's limited in like spots um, that are available mm-hmm. or whatever as like a way to sort of. I mean, really, it would just be to create urgency and like. Uh, yeah, that's scarcity. what I was thinking. Like, create urgency, and may, yeah, like you're right. Maybe you don't do that for the entire time it's available but for the first week or two and then then it's out for like it's not available for another two weeks and then it comes out to yeah. like pvod that'd be an interesting like like opening weekend it just is done that way mm-hmm. you know as sort yeah. of like an event and then it's um yeah i don't know but then again it's like if it was a you premium Bezos, you can't have that one yeah if it was a premium you could just wait like a couple of days until the weekend's over. I know, yes. but at the same time, it's like, it's also like, it's like this idea of like, why don't people just wait to see movies that are yeah, in theater? It's the idea of going to a theater and seeing it on the big screen. And that's well, but the also difference. Like, like, if it's going to be at home anyway, like, why not wait? But with, with theaters, they had the sort of mystique of never knowing when it was going to get out of theaters. Because if it was really popular, they would True. just keep it in for, for like months mm-hmm. and months and months. Um, yeah. And so you would never really know for sure when it was going to come out. Um, yeah. Which I think helped the theater business because it created this idea of like, I got to see this because I don't know, you know, it's, it's going to be like next well, year by the time I can talk to anyone about this movie. Yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. The, the delay in between released in theaters and released on DVD was so long that like, 
Like, I remember when people were excited for, like, release days. I remember going to my local video store and, like, they'd have a list of, like, upcoming releases. And everyone's like, oh, shit, that movie's finally coming out. Um, So I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's going to be interesting because I I do think that there are going to be some theaters that do push PVOD just because they, like, I think, like, the mid-range, like, your $100 million budget, they may push PVOD, um, especially as theaters close and especially as they start getting bought up by like the Amazons and Disney's, um, which how the hell is Disney able to do El Capitan? Is it because it's just one theater? I think so, because at the end of the day, owning one theater doesn't create like a, like a, um, monopoly type scenario. It's when you you own like chains Mm -hmm. that span the entire globe. Um, Especially the El Capitan that does not isn't talk about parking. Whew. Oof. Heart of Hollywood. That the is worst. a bitch to go to that movie theater. And then, you, the and worst. then you sit through like the Disney show at the beginning. You're like, oh, what did I yeah. sign up for? Um, <laughs> is this, am I in a Kinda theater? Kind of like this podcast. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You come for the main topic and you sit through bullshit for We are like the El Capitan of podcasts. Um, I'm, oh my God, that needs to be our, our slogan for this podcast, the El Capitano podcast. And nobody, exactly. everyone will think it means we're high quality. Nope, it just means you get 20 minutes of bullshit before the actual meat and potatoes. It's just that I put on a goofy costume and dance around for 15 minutes. <laughs> you guys really need to watch the YouTube video of these podcasts. Alex always dresses up the best. The first 20 minutes is great. <laughs> the other question yeah. is, or I have, is how does this idea of premium VOD affect indie filmmakers? Because... Clearly, it's going to be a huge difference when we're talking about studio movies uh, and tentpole movies and like known IP versus indie movies where you have it's like an original concept no one's ever heard of, actors that no one cares about. You know, like how does that factor into it or it does it not at all? So the reason I'm laughing is it's just you're such a dick because it's like our outline and you're like, well, the question we, I mean, the question I have. Yeah. <laughs> like like uh the forefront of my mind trevor's over there diddling himself and i'm actually taking this topic seriously <laughs> trevor's trying to uh, talk more about el capitan uh disney yeah. characters yeah. dancing around i'm trying to move this along fun bot you yeah. know who is the problem here it's trevor oh we all know that i'm the problem we all know technical that. difficulties um, rambling yeah trevor um, yeah. Um, so I, to me, I think, I mean, obviously there's some positive and negatives. Um, tell me your thoughts, Trevor, unlike- because I'm really interested in your <laughs> thoughts about this. I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Disney show. Um, <laughs> um, the, the positive is that unlike theaters where they had a limited number of screens and they had to make the most amount of money per screen, there's no limit to how many, how much content uh, a platform can have. So, say you got your, you know, PVOD on Disney Plus. So you got your PVOD on Amazon. Um, they're gonna want as well, and I don't know if Netflix is ever gonna do this. Maybe I don't know, um, but they're gonna as well. They're gonna want to keep people around. So what's gonna happen is that like. I don't know if Disney Plus is going to move away from like, hey, you can rent the movies without having Disney Plus, or if like Amazon right now, you don't need Amazon Prime to rent movies there, PVOD. But what they will want you to do is stay within their their environment. So that Amazon wants you to rent the movie, 
but then see how much cool stuff is on Amazon Prime. So you sign up for Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I think it helps indie filmmakers in the sense of you may not be the ones that are getting PVOD. You may not be able to push your movie for $19.99, especially. Uh, you know, you definitely won't be able to do $20, which Alex says is a cutoff. Um, uh, especially if you're an unknown project um, uh, or an unknown, like it's just, you may have some talent, but nobody knows and you don't have the marketing budget for it. Um, but you may be able to, you may, there may be more openings for people being like, we need more, co even more content now because we want to keep people in our space when they come to rent the PVOD that we put a lot of money into. And we want them to say, Hey, you know what? This Disney plus has some cool stuff. Uh, so let's, uh, let's stay within Disney plus and then I'll put by the subscription or, you know, I'll, uh, I'll That's pay true. for Amazon prime now. Cause I see some really cool stuff. It does kind of feel like a repeat of sort of the beginning of the on-demand, like the streaming, the SVOD world, like with Netflix. Because when they first started, the thing that really sort of boosted their subscriptions was their original series, you know, like House of Cards came mm -hmm. out and everyone was like, oh, man, mm -hmm. that's crazy. It looks like a movie and I get to see 10 of them and it's awesome. I can watch them all at once. Um, but yeah. then the same thing happened where they needed all this additional content. So Netflix went on like a buying spree, um, getting as Still much are. like Still stuff are. as possible to sort of make yeah. that happen. And so you're right. I do wonder if like, if they start putting out these sort of tentpole premium uh, video on demand stuff, they're gonna still need sort of the surrounding content to make it worthwhile to stay within that ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. And so I think an indie filmmaker can look at this as just another opportunity of like places needing content. And if you look at like some stuff on Netflix and some stuff on Amazon um, Prime, uh, there's some really shitty stuff on there. And that's just because they oh, need God, it. Yeah. They need they need their library to be bigger than the other person so that they can convince you to spend money on their product instead of someone else's. So there's also continue nothing, to work and There's nothing worse than like having this sort of unlimited um you know library of content at your fingertips and realizing that it's extremely limited you know like yeah like exactly. oh man have i watched every good thing on netflix like what else is there like am i yeah am i going back to like cheers episodes what's happening <laughs> hey don't you not besmirch cheers <laughs> um but and that and that's why they're, they're they're buying up content hoping the next thing is the thing they, they get next is the next stranger things which brings more subscribers and then also brings the need for more content to keep those subscribers because you got to keep those people happy. So I think POVOD, um, especially in the realm of like Netflix and um, and Netflix hasn't again hasn't gotten into POVOD yet, um, but like Amazon Prime, Disney Plus is a little weird thing because so far they've done one movie and you've had to um, uh, had Disney Plus to get it. Um, yeah. The other question is, how is Wonder Woman 1984 going to be released, PVOD? Is it going to be Amazon Prime? Is it going to be um, Warner Brothers' own app? Like, what? Yeah. Are, do you have any? Have you heard anything about how they're going to release it? You know, they didn't say. They didn't say. Um, so I don't think they know yet. Or maybe they are working on okay. those deals currently. But, um, yeah, they didn't say. So it's all up in the air with that one. I I could see, I could see it being because WB has a deal with HBO yeah. Max. I wonder if it would be a rental through HBO Max. That's what that. a lot of people were saying, but again, I don't think, 
I don't think they've announced anything they know yet. official yet, so it's all kind yeah. of speculation. Yeah, and I mean, that being said, like HBO Max, it just got released, and they have been buying up old content to get people there. But soon enough, friends ain't going to cut it anymore, only having friends on there. So they're going to want content even as they do PVOD. So there are a lot more pieces that are coming up with PVOD that are going to need content to fill in the cracks to get people to sign up for it after the fact, after they're done with their one single off movie that they wanted to watch for some reason before yeah. it was released cheaper and everywhere. Well, the other thing is like, how does it, how will it play into this idea of series versus movies? Cause clearly when it comes to SVOD currently series is where it's at because it's, you can uh, really, if you release, if you have like 10 episodes or 20 episodes or however many yeah. episodes of a series you have, um, that inherently keeps people on the platform longer. Mm -hmm. like even if they only want to see that one thing. Um, yeah. So it, it does sort of raise the question in my mind of will movies start taking a backseat just in general? Um, I think they already have. I think, I think TV is the way, especially with the budgets that people are putting into TV. Um, and they want, like, it's funny that they want TV shows to be more cinematic more movie-like so that they can then push those instead of movies. Um, yeah. But I think, I think that art, that process has already started. I think, um, I think TV is in uh, episodic and serial uh, content is, is definitely overtaking film because of the binge ability. And because you can do a lot more in, with 10 episodes than you can do in a two hour movie. Yeah. Um, I think there'll still be a love of movies, especially, you know, ones that like just, get the right genre fans in there. Um, but I do think that in terms of indie filmmakers, start looking at writing a TV show. Um, you know, uh, yeah. take the, the movie idea you have and see if you can stretch it out and, and, and really dive deeper into it by um, adding more storylines and, and making it a TV show. Because I think with the PVOD, that's going to be movies. And then it's going to, push people to subscribe to things that are series. Um, and it sucks because, you know, it's this idea that like, it's, it's almost like the zoom, the, the acceleration of this idea that people had where only Marvel movies were going to be in theaters because they have to make all their money back. And, you know, there's going to be no place for independent filmmakers to display their movies. And I think this is zooming it up and now it's just not theaters. It's just at home where somebody's paying 20 bucks to watch a movie um, by big name directors, big name studios with big budgets. Yeah, totally. But and and what what but what's funny is that before COVID, Netflix was looking to buy theaters so they could legitimize themselves. Um, and yeah. now now we're going to PVOD. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix starts doing PVOD. Um, you know, they are, there's only so many subscribers they can have in the world, and some people were thinking they were going to do uh, um, ads, which would totally blow, but oh, man. understandable. It'd be awful. Um, yeah, but I could see them doing PVOD. Uh, you know, they already spend big money on things, so I could see them, you know, yep. being like, "Hey, this will be on our platform in two months, but buy it right now." Well, with that, unlock it. Does, it. it does also open a question of, not that anyone really cares about this anymore, especially our opinions. Yeah, um, the Oscars <clears throat> have always had <sighs> a theatrical requirement. Will that continue? Yeah into the future can it can it can it even continue 
Or, yeah. I mean, is that going to be sort of like the last bastion of hope for theaters is that movies have to play in them in order for them to get nominated for an award or something? But there's only so much if you got all this PVOD that people just don't want to spend. And it's because, because if that's the last bastion and these movie theaters have to pay so such exorbitant amounts of real estate and all that, they're just going to keep raising ticket prices. And soon enough, you're going to price people out and they just do not want to go. And they're just going to be like, this is ridiculous. Like, well, that's I don't true. care if it's an Oscar. That's yeah. true. There's no requirement, I don't think, for how much a movie makes in those theaters. It just has to have the release. But also, yeah. I wonder if... I honestly think that no matter what, theaters are going to still exist. Um, it's just yeah. going to be, you know, if, if in fact, uh, movie, like tentpole movies no longer release in theaters, um, I just think it's going to be sort of these, like, art house cinemas that still exist and movie theaters that play like midnight movies and like more of a, a sort of niche market for like the mega movie fans that want to see like Beetlejuice in theaters around Halloween and stuff, you know, yeah, like that yeah. type of stuff. I think the megaplexes are going to be gone. You're going to get like a place like Alamo draft house that maybe has seven screens instead of like 20. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's a whole experience where it's dinner and a movie all within the, the theater. Uh, that might be what you see for theaters instead of just this AMC, you know, 20 screens, half of them are Marvel movies and they all sell out every time. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, interesting I guess now. we'll see. Yeah. Yep. I, I it'll we'll be see. very interesting to see when movie theaters finally do open up and if they do and what the, what the, the, the trend is in terms of getting people in, in front of the, the screens, either in the theater or at home. All right. Have we covered everything on our um, outline that you you have brought attention to? <laughs> I think so. I think you have uh, have uh, definitely just besmirched me and brought me down a couple pegs. So uh, let's, <laughs> we can end it there then. You're right. That was the last thing on the outline. Besmirch yeah. Trevor. <laughs> Tell Trevor he's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished. I'm going to go cry now. All right. All right. I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. While you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comment section, and we will try to answer them. Also, if you're wondering what happened to the music, Alex screwed that one up. But if you are in the giving mood, head over to nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash beer and buy us a beer. <laughs> we'll even give you a shout out on the next episode. Also, don't forget to head on over to fearlessfilmmakers.com to join our growing community of filmmakers. And I guess we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time if you guys actually want to deal with this shit again. I know. Well, we'll see. Later. Till next time. Ha, ha, ha.